This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Buys, Sells episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're here to to help you identify some values to trade for, maybe some, you know, unsustainable production to trade away. Some guys, you know, in between who you might want to buy and sell going into week four. But we're here to help with all that. Let's identify some trade values. Um, I do want to get into some news real quick before we get into that, Zach. David Montgomery is trending in the right direction to play on Thursday night. Uh, so after he, you know, he said he might miss a few weeks. It looks like there's a chance he plays this week. This is a good matchup against the Packers. So Montgomery would be like a low-end RB2. I would say uh, Gibbs would be a solid RB2 play. The hope is that Gibbs starts being used in the receiving game consistently. I feel like it's coming for Gibbs. I know people are more are, are getting impatient with him, but the usage increased a ton from week one to week two. Uh, Montgomery got hurt, and then Gibbs kind of had to replace that you know, Monty role in week three. So be patient with Gibbs. Keep starting him as an RB2. You know, don't have the RB1 expectations just yet. Those days are coming. The Packers have allowed the fourth most receptions to running backs over the first three games, so that is the hope that he gets used that way. Christian right. Watson is planning on playing on Thursday. That's a great sign for Jordan Love in this entire offense. I'd start Watson as a high-end wide receiver three this week. See where it goes from there. There's a lot of upside here. I'm trying to trade for Watson before the game on Thursday, if possible. Uh, if he doesn't do much or is limited, I'll be sending more trade offers prior to week five. He's, he was on our buy show last week. Um, so I don't want to talk about him too much this week in terms of why we're buying him. But, you know, we did talk about him last week as a buy. We'll, we'll spare you that this week. If he does play, I think I downgrade guys like Dubs and Reed, um, you know, but they're going to have their games as well. 
you know, moving forward, even with Watson in the lineup. It's hard to say right now where the targets are going to go. I think my my preferred wide receiver right now, right now between Dubs and Reed would probably be Dubs. Zach? Yeah. What's up, buddy? Yeah, it, it has to be. And with Dubs, you know, we've seen Jaden Reed. He's had some target shares. But what's really making me excited about Christian Watson coming back is the fact that Jordan Love has looked good and he hasn't dialed in on any receiver yet so far. You know, last week, Romeo Dubs was a guy, he had a 26% target share. And then the week before that, Jaden Reed had a 26% target share. So it's like been all over the place. There hasn't been that stabilizing factor. You know, Jordan Love, he's throwing a lot of touchdowns, but the crosshairs, they've been all over the place. So if Christian Watson can come back, he can be that stabilizing force and also the home run hitter for Green Bay. I'm excited about it. There was optimism coming into the season, you know, about, the intrigue of Jordan Love at quarterback, but that seems to be like out the window. It looks like Jordan Love, he's a good quarterback. So he's in good hands, Christian Watson. And moving forward, you know, I think he's going to have a high enough target share and he's going to look good enough that he's going to be the clear wide receiver one. And I think there is room too, like you mentioned, that Romeo Dobbs, he could still be a big part of this offense. Him and Jaden Reed could mix in in terms of the target share that they get. But I'm the biggest fan of Christian Watson. I've been waiting for this. And if you have Christian Watson like I do, You've definitely been looking forward to this. I think good things are really coming. Brian Dable, he's calling Saquon Barkley day-to-day. This is a high ankle sprain, okay? So I personally doubt that he plays. The fact that he plays on Monday night can complicate things a little bit for you in case they don't, like, rule him out on Sunday or over the weekend. If I had Saquon, like, I'd want him to sit so that he doesn't re-aggravate that high ankle sprain. If I know he's playing over the weekend, I'm playing him, uh, but we'll see what the practice reports say this week. Uh, Matt Breida is still worth a hold. If he's available on waivers, he's still worth a pickup. This is a much, much better matchup against the Seahawks than he had last week against the 49ers. Uh, he did play about 80% of snaps against the 49ers, so he, he is a flex play against the Seahawks this week. Now, right. before we get into the buys and sell, guys, like I have one ask, and that's to hit the subscribe button or hit the follow button on your podcast app. It would mean the world to us. If you're watching on YouTube, if you can hit the subscribe button, that would be amazing. Just take a second to do that now if you can, uh, and especially if you're not driving at the moment while you're listening to the podcast, okay? Right. Uh, Zach, let's get into our buys and sells. I want to start with one of my favorite buys this week, and that's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm not sure that the concern that JT does not want to be a cold anymore is there at the moment. I can't believe I'm putting like this much stock into an Instagram story, okay? But the fact that he posted him himself working out in the Colts facility with the Colts logo, like clearly displayed up on the wall there, you know, and him captioning it with loading kind of tells me that he just wants to play. And it seems like he's going to play out this season as a Colt, Um, but he should be back in week five. He'll take this backfield over Zach Moss, a running back who has never been fantasy relevant for his three-year career prior to the season. He's been awesome for fantasy. He's been averaging the fifth most expected fantasy points per game based on his opportunity. Deion Jackson ranked sixth, okay, in week one in expected points per game based on his week one opportunity with Anthony Richardson. And now JT is only going to take things to another level when he's back. And, and you know, when you consider that Moss has the eighth most yards before contact per attempt, among the 37 running backs who had at least 25 carries so far this year, that tells you that JT is going to be able to take advantage of some space that the offensive line is apparently creating here. So in week one with Anthony Richardson, the Colts played at the third fastest pace uh, in the NFL. Okay, that's what you want. This is an underrated aspect for fantasy. Like more plays mean more fantasy points. 
Deion Jackson in week one, he had a 17% target share according to fantasy life utilization from Anthony Richardson. So fast-paced offense, number one. Anthony Richardson looking better than I thought he would early. Him willing to check it down if he has to. All reasons why I'm back in. Okay, so if you're in need of a high-end running back, I'm doing what I can to get JT. Okay, am I willing to trade like a Puka Nakua for JT? If I really need a running back, I'll do it. Okay, maybe a Tank Dell and Alexander Madison combo for JT. Tutu Atwell, you know, who have, they have Cooper Cup coming back soon. Him and DeAndre Swift for JT. A James Conner and Nico Collins combination for JT. Just try it. I don't know if it's going to work. You can try it. Amari Cooper had a big week this week. You know, maybe him for JT straight up. See, see if you can get away with that. Maybe sprinkle a little Isaiah Pacheco, you know, if you have Amari Cooper and you're trying to get JT. Um, you know, just remember, you're trying to satisfy a 0-3 JT manager or maybe a 1-2 JT manager with guys that they can plug into their lineup this week. Okay, so you want to analyze their lineup. You want to set their lineup in your head with the guys that you would send them for JT. So improve their week four chances of winning for real, and you might be able to get a deal done. Yeah, I think this is like an obvious call. And it's really easy, you know, to say a guy's coming off IR, which where which is where he's been these past few weeks, and say, Yeah, you can buy him now because he hasn't done a whole lot of production. But this one, this situation is just, you know, locked in at this point. If Zach Moss is dominating this backfield, that means there's nobody else that you have to worry about really taking snaps from Jonathan Taylor once he comes back. And like you mentioned, Anthony Richardson, he's looked good. The offense is moving. You know, they're not running things slow. So that's only going to help Jonathan Taylor. I thought this would be a tough situation where the Colts suddenly aren't scoring a lot of touchdowns and the offense is struggling against feet underneath it, but they've already had two quarterbacks under center in both games. They've looked pretty good on offense, at least good enough to get it done from a fantasy perspective. Zach Moss was getting targets <laughs> in this backfield, which is hilarious because he hasn't been a pass catching running back in his career. He has at least three targets in each game, and that's not a whole lot, but when you're also getting 18 30 in the past two weeks rushing attempts, you know, that's going to be plenty to get it done. And Jonathan Taylor is going to step right into that role. So obviously the ceiling is very high. We're looking at hopefully Jonathan Taylor from 2021, not what we saw last year in 2022, but there's a lot more contributing to that than there was in 2021. I like Jonathan Taylor moving forward. And there is still that chance, you know, he could be traded. But like you mentioned, that IG story, it is interesting that he. it looks like he's going to be staying with the Colts. Even if he would get traded, I don't think there's a situation where he would go somewhere and suddenly not get enough work unless he was traded to like the 49ers, which isn't going to happen. So even if he doesn't play the rest of the season with the Colts, as long as he's healthy, I'm not worried about him. He even has a chance to appreciate, depending on how things shake out, if there would be a trade. But the situation that he's stepping into right now in Indianapolis is very good because not only they're not just relying on the run game to get things done, they're also moving the ball in the air. Michael Pittman, too, you know, he looks like he's going to be a solid fantasy receiver. Just overall, this Colts offense has been a surprise and a pleasant one at that. And Jonathan Taylor coming back is only going to make it that much better. So I think he is going to help the Colts offense just as much as the rest of the Colts offense being good is going to help Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a really good call here. I love it, man. All right. So who, who's your who's your buy that you want to talk about first? Yeah, I, I got another running back here. And you will probably agree with this because you're a Jets fan, but I'm going to go with Brees Hall. Now, he's slowly watching his workload get increased, but nobody's noticing that because they can't take their eyes off the Zach Wilson tailspin going on right now. And I say tailspin because Jets, planes, you know, it's good analogy right there. But 
What's it going to do when the quarterback situation is a mess on any team, not just the Jets? We know it's a mess and it's helping everybody else, all, all of their values to go down. What's it going to do? It's going to drive the price way down on every other asset in the offense, and that's what's happening in New York. Not only Garrett Wilson, but also Brees Hall. The great thing about Brees Hall is he's still not producing at a startable level, but I bet he will. So you can take advantage of that right now. If he's not producing at a startable level, chances are his fantasy manager is very, very frustrated, and he's ready to move him. I don't know how much longer the Zach Wilson project is going to continue, and I don't know. I don't think you really know that either. But it looks like he's getting one more shot under center, even with Trevor Simeon signing with the team yesterday. The buy window is so wide open with Brees Hall as long as Wilson's a starter, and that might not be much longer. So you might want to get on this trade as soon as you can. He saw his snaps jump from 32% and 33% in week one and two to 48% in week three, and his route participation is up from 19% to 28% in that same same time span. He's only going to get healthier. He's got two back-to-back weak losing performances, like I mentioned before. Who's going to want to hold on to that, especially with the way the Jets' offense is looking right now? I think eventually we're going to see a quarterback change. That's going to be good news for everybody involved in New York. Swoop in and rescue him like a prisoner of war, Brees Hall, and just wait for that changing (laughs) of the mantle at quarterback. Hall's stock is going to explode, especially as he gets healthier. He's played back-to-back games against two tough run defenses, and that trend's going to continue this week with the Chiefs on tap. They've been kind of sneaky in terms of a low point score uh, points allowed, but the schedule gets better down the stretch. I'm willing to bet that the Jets will look much more competitive than they do right now in a couple weeks, assuming the quarterback change happens. I'm willing to buy into that, especially at a super low price, which you can get Hall at right now because he, he's been terrible so far. But the usage is moving in a direction that we were hoping to see, and that's going to help ease any worry you have about him, especially at a low price if you go get him. Yeah, the big thing for me is the fact that, you know, Dalvin Cook had almost 50% of the rushing attempts in week one. They had the same amount of rushing attempts in week two. And then in week three, Brees Hall had 57% of the rushing attempts with Michael Carter, who did have some rushing attempts in week two. It was a little bit of a share there, uh, like a timeshare between three guys. He had no attempts in week three. Okay, so Brees Hall has taken over this backfield. Like and, and oh, yeah. Zach Zach mentioned all of it, but the rushing attempts is really something that I'm looking at. I'm like saying, okay, well, this he is the guy. He is the one A in this backfield with Michael Carter getting kind of delegated, or I guess that's is that the word? I don't even know if that's the word. But he's moving out of his timeshare at this point. He he's running some routes and that's fine. But Brees Hall is going to be that guy. There is no way that Brees Hall is only is only going to be running twenty eight percent rap participation at this point like it's gonna go up to like 60 percent 65 percent at some point because he is that dude in the receiving game he was like the most <laughs> efficient receiving back last season before he got hurt okay so right. I- i'm i'm definitely on board with this one man now i have a wide receiver that i want to buy here and i'm kind of buying high on him and that's jacoby myers jimmy g is in the concussion protocol so maybe we wait a week but he should be on your radar He's wide receiver five in fantasy points per game right now, but he's also wide receiver six in expected fantasy points per game. So he's not necessarily overproducing on the opportunity, right? He's doing what good players do with the opportunity that they're given. The target distribution in two games with both Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers has been extremely tight. It's so tight, so tight. Okay. So if I'm looking at fantasy life utilization report in weeks one and two, when these guys play together, They had a combined, no, I'm sorry, not week one and two, week one and three, right? Jacoby Myers missed week two. They had a combined 73% 
target share in each of those weeks. Okay, that's absolutely insane. And that's exactly what you want to see, right? We don't want those targets to be widely distributed. Okay, 38% target share for Jacoby in week one, 27% in week two. This is not new for Myers, right? He's always been somebody, we talked about this before, that he's always demanded a high tar- target share. 22% last year in a dysfunctional offense, 24% target share in 2021, 23% in 2020. Okay, the track record is there. And it looks like he can pick a, take a big step forward this year potentially not something that i saw coming but we know that he's a good player he's been heavily prioritized by this raiders offense and even if the offense stinks this type of tight target distribution it just blossoms fantasy points yes we love tight fantasy tight. uh target shares that's exactly what we lo- love to see but yeah with Jacoby Myers, we talked about this. I think we talked about this last season. Obviously, no one was really in on Jacoby Myers last season because he was on the Patriots offense. You know, it wasn't looking like it was going to be very good, but he's always had that target share throughout his career. And what we're seeing this year, and going back to your point about not expecting seeing this coming, this chance to take a big step forward, is a fantasy-relevant wide receiver that's, you know, top 20 looking right now, working alongside of Devontae Adams, who's usually the guy that's, you know, hogging all the targets. So... Definitely, Jacoby Myers is a good call and a buy here. Um, he's produced very well. The targets have been there. Jimmy G is going. There's a chance he's out this week. So I just pay attention to that. If he's out, it'll probably be either Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. If there's a quiet game in there, there's a chance that his value could go down a little bit and make him an even better buy after this week. But there's nothing wrong with buying right now. Like you mentioned, you don't have to buy everybody low at this point. As long as Jimmy G is at quarterback, and I'm expecting him to be back, you know, soon. You know, it's just a concussion. Like this is going to be a fancy relevant wide receiver room. Both of these guys can get it done, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. And you're in it's a really good, pleasant surprise that you had if you drafted Jacoby Myers late. He wasn't going very high at all in drafts. So right now, I think that moving forward, we're looking at a solid fantasy floor each week. Now, obviously, Devontae Adams is the ceiling play here, you know, going into um week four and beyond. But Jacoby Myers, he's going to be relevant. They're not just going to phase him out of the offense. It looks like Hunter Renfro, not even an option here. They haven't been targeting tight ends at all in Las Vegas. Like you mentioned, that tight target distribution, that's exactly what you want to see. And that's kind of it's, reminds me. It's been me. three guys. It's actually been just yeah. three guys who's getting like 95% of the, of the targets, which is insane, right? It's yeah. Devonta Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Josh Jacobs, who's still a buy, right. by the way. Okay, We talked about mm-hmm. him last week, though. Um, the, but yeah, like th- it's those three guys. And that's it. Yeah, the, that's exactly the what you want to see. Yeah, the usage is still there 100% for all of these guys. And like you mentioned with Josh Jacobs, definitely a buy too. But Jacoby Myers, I, I love it. This is exactly what I like, what I wanted to see. You know, I think he's going to have a solid enough workload moving forward for him to be in lineups, not, not only just like on teams, but in lineups, you know, going forward. And I have another buy. Now, my guy, it's another New York team. He's a tight end. It's Darren Waller. Rule number one of the Giants offense, there's no such thing as a fantasy relevant wide receiver. And this is held true through the first three weeks of the season. Isaiah Hodgins has the highest weekly fantasy finish of any Giants wide receiver as a wide receiver 32 in week two. And that's where Darren Waller comes in. I've been seeing a lot of people panicking on Waller. They're like, I'm asking the hard question right now about whether it was worth it to take Darren Waller as high as I did, you know, in drafts. Like, that's what people are saying. I've seen a couple of people on Twitter saying that, like, it's week three, guys. <laughs> like, let's cool it a little bit. Two of his matchups were against the 49ers and the Cowboys. One of them was in the pouring rain. In the one fair weather game he played this year against the Cardinals, granted, he finished as a tight end four on the week. 
He's also got a hold of a 20% target share, 28% air yard share. Both of those are going to get it done at tight end in today's fantasy football landscape. I mean, he's second in the NFL among tight ends in total air yards and a share, which is higher than Hawkinson and Kittle. And his production hasn't come close to matching that utilization. So it's going to start trending towards the mean. When the utilization is there, the production will follow over time. The schedule from here for the Giants is a lot better. They have Seattle and Miami on tap in the next two weeks. That's a far cry from what they've seen these first three weeks. If you're sitting with anyone besides Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, I'd say even Laporta right now, he's in that upper echelon because he's getting those targets regardless. I'm looking to upgrade at tight end for cheap, and you can do that with Waller. I mean, the stigma around the Giants offense is heavy, and you can take advantage of it. It looks like Waller's having a horrific season. People are obviously panicking on Darren Waller, like I mentioned. I've had a bunch of people throwing offers around. I've gotten questions asking if they should move Waller. If you're looking for a tight end with a chance to blow up, I would go with Darren Waller because the Giants offense is going to look better moving forward when they have better matchups, and they have that coming. So Darren Waller is a guy that I'm looking to buy, especially if I'm sitting there with a tight end that isn't really doing a whole lot. Chances are you had some upside guy. If I have like an Evan Ingram, I would consider moving for Darren Waller because I think Darren Waller still has that top five upside. He just hasn't showed it yet these first three weeks. That makes me feel a lot better, Zach, because I <laughs> uh, I have Darren Waller in a lot of places. Uh, he hasn't come through for me, uh, but I'm hoping that moving forward he does. But thanks for making me feel better, though. I appreciate that. Um, I do feel better. And that, that, that leads into our sponsor for this episode, Better Vision. Okay, It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one app. Uh, I know you have an account. Uh, you have accounts on all these betting apps, right? Like you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets. Uh, did I place it on DraftKings? Did I put it on FanDuel? I don't even remember. And it gets confusing, Okay, but not anymore. Not with Better Vision. All of your bets tracked in one place. Not only that, the better part, the best part is, I was going to say the better part. I, I should, I should say that actually. Uh, better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. Okay, so for the same bet, it'll show you all the sports books, and you will see like, oh wait, look on this on this sports book, I got the best odds, and you get to click it straight from the Better Vision app, and you get to go to it, and you can place your bet. Okay, so why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on what which bet you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Okay, so go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or just go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's Better Vision with an O. Okay, so Better is B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I have a sell for you guys, and this might surprise some people. 
Kenneth Walker is someone I'm feeling offers for right now. And I want to see what's out there. Okay, he just had a 30-point game. He had 59 yards receiving. That's not something that's usually in his repertoire. We usually are not going to see that type of receiving game from Kenneth Walker. It wasn't like it was on a bunch of targets or anything like that. That's not going to happen often. But he had four touchdowns in the last two games. There were a lot of running back carries available for the Seahawks this past week. But his snap share is going down. And Zach Charbonnet's snap share and opportunity is going up. Okay, and this was not like a closeout situation where Charbonnet came in to close out a game. This was the plan coming into the game because Charbonnet was doing this from the get. Okay. Can Kenneth Walker be an RB2 rest of season? For sure. Definitely. This is a good offense. He's a very good player. And he could come through for you most more weeks than not, right? But can you get more value back than what he might end up turning into? I think so. And this isn't about Charbonnet now becoming fantasy relevant. It's more about Charbonnet taking enough away from Walker's workload. You know, he had two carries inside the five-yard line so far this year, okay? And that's without him having as big of a role as he did in this past game, okay? He almost had a touchdown in this game as well. I don't know if you saw this. Like, he truck-sticked that dude at the one-yard line. Ooh, it, and it looked easy for him too, dude. Um, right. But he also has taken over the pass and down duties, including the two-minute snaps in this game. So he does get an upgrade. Okay, so he is a better stash at the end of your bench. But back to Walker, yeah, he had 18 carries in this game. Uh, but according to Fantasy Life Data, his overall rushing share dropped from getting more than 70% of the rushing attempts each of the first two weeks to 55% of the rushing attempts in week three. Okay, this is a one-game sample, right? But Charbonnet can get worked in even more, right? This is a, a rookie that they just drafted, a rookie that they're still working in, right? So, you know, he looked good in this game also. Like, Charbonnet was looking good. So, like, there is a chance that he does end up taking a little bit more work. Um, even if this is kind of the limit of where he kind of hovers in terms of work taken away from Walker, I think it's still relatively significant, I would say. Um so this is not like a fire sale by any means. Uh, you know, get good value back. Like get a high-end wide receiver too. Like get an Olave or a Devante Smith. I think those might be better uh, assets, I would say, than Kenneth Walker moving forward in a vacuum, right? And we talked about this potentially happening before the season in this backfield, that this was kind of my concern. Uh, I did not have that concern the first two weeks of the season with Walker getting the lion's share of the work. You know, 70% of the, of the rushing share is amazing. Uh, but we're not seeing that right now. Um, we could start seeing that trend in the other direction moving forward. Uh, and by the way, his fantasy playoff stretch is brutal. And the weeks leading up to the fantasy playoffs is brutal too. If you start in week 12, you got the 49ers, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Titans. Okay, so that's that's not really a good schedule for running backs. Yeah, not ideal at all. I mean, could we see that change from now till then? Yeah, definitely. But... The way it looks right now, you know, you can definitely use that as a reason to move off Kenneth Walker, especially if you're getting good return on in, uh, what's called value for him. But it's also intriguing. You know, you talk about the rushing share going down. His route participate participation has gone down and his target share has gone down. You know, he had five targets in week one and he had three yards to show for it. This week he gets three targets and he puts up 59 yards. You mentioned that 59 yards being an outlier. That's not going to be there every week, especially if Zach Charbonnet is going to start moving into that. Charbonnet moved from 24, 23% the first two weeks to 42% route participation. Obviously, the target share hasn't you know, showed up just yet for him, but he's running more routes, and that's going to cut into Kenneth Walker's upside, like you mentioned. So 
we were worried about Kenneth Walker coming into the season, and he's looked good so far. So far, but Zach Charbonnet isn't just going to like stay away. They drafted him. I think it was second round, right? They drafted him in the second round. They're not just going to keep him off the field. They drafted him for a reason, and it looks like it's a two-man backfield right now, even though Kenneth Walker's putting up these big games. So I think that's a good call, 100%, on Kenneth Walker as a sell. I'm going to shift gears. You know, you can sell running backs right now. I think there are a lot of wide receivers that you can sell to. I have two wide receiver sells. I'm going to get in my first one right here, and his name is George Pickens. Now, before you come at me, has George Pickens looked good enough to get the job done in two games without Deontay Johnson in the lineup? Sure, you could say that. He can't hold 29% target share and 43% air yard share against him in these past two games without Johnson in the lineup. But the problem with Pickens is that utilization is not coming as a product of necessity. It's, it's not coming as a product of him earning those targets. It's coming as a product of necessity, not necessarily because he's this guy that they have to get the ball to. You know, when Deontay Johnson and Pickens were both active last season, Deontay Johnson saw a 24% target share to Pickens 14%. Now, could that get a little closer? Maybe this season, but it doesn't matter because Deontay Johnson is that guy when it comes to earning targets. And we had this discussion tons of times over the offseason and last season when we were on the podcast. Calvin Austin, he's also come in and he's looked fantasy relevant. You know, he put up a 19% target share of his own these past two weeks. And Pickens has produced at a very unsustainable level. I mean, you want to talk about inflated production right now based on what he's getting. He put up a shaky 50% catch rate. He's catching half of the passes thrown his way these past two weeks. And he's relying on one play, which was a 71-yard catch and run, Garrett Wilson style. That accounts for 38% of his fantasy points over the past two weeks. That was a 71-yard touchdown. So just under half of his fantasy points have come from one play, which is just a lightning strike. You're not going to be able to have that every single week. I know. We love the highlight reel catches that Pickens can make. We know he's a good talent. But the Seals offense, they've also looked pretty rough so far, and they're in the bottom third of scoring offenses right now. I'm moving Pickens while I have a game log that looks good enough to make him valuable, and while Deontay Johnson's return is still far enough out in the distance that people aren't going to look and be like, well, his value is going to fall. We still have at least two games with Deontay Johnson out. I think you need to take advantage of Pickens putting up good enough performances this week on unsustainable production that you'll be able to get value out of him before it kind of falls off the cliff and Deontay Johnson comes back and claims his place as the top receiver in Pittsburgh. I, I am glad that Pickens is getting some sort of high target share, though. Like That is like somewhat encouraging because like I was worried that he wasn't going to get it at all. Um, but you know, 33% target share in week two, very, very solid week three, 24%. But then you look at what Calvin Austin did. He also put up 24% target share as well in week three. Okay. So you got to separate yourself from Calvin Austin. Okay. And that's, that's kind of where we're getting at. Also like Kenny Pickett, like he's not like, look at these catchable target rates, man. 44% in week two, 67% in week three, Calvin Austin, same thing, 33% in week three. Not great. Not great. You know, so. This is a, a situation where, you know, we also have to realize that this offense isn't good right now, right? And, you know, if you, you want to target guys on good offenses, George is a way to get, like, one strategy is to get out from bad offenses when you have those players. And I think that's another reason why we should be doing that. I think that uh, with Deontay Johnson, I don't have as much of a concern because he's going to come through for you most weeks uh, regardless. Okay. Right. Um but yeah, no, I, I I do like it. I do like it. Um, I think, um, I I, w- I would love to see him 
get more work. I would love to see him blossom into a good receiver because when he does get opportunity, man, like some of the catches and highlight plays that he makes is really, really, really fun to watch. And I like him as a player. Um, I'm just hoping that he can kind of, you know, become a little bit more of a target earner, which would be nice and kind of separate himself from the pack. Right. That's, that's kind of something that we haven't seen just yet. Catch that lightning in a bottle. Because right now it's just been lightning all over the place, but it hasn't been, you know, boiled down to its essence where it's like consistent production. And I think that can happen. Right. But Deontay Johnson comes back, is it's gonna make it difficult. I agree. I agree. By the way, guys, you can check out the website for our trade charts and trade articles as well. Uh, all that is completely free at upperhandfantasy.com. I think that's gonna do it for James Conner, guys. Okay. Uh, Arizona is kind of the Cinderella story type of thing right now. You know, beating Dallas at home last week, right? Having a great first half against the Giants, almost beating the Commanders in week one. I, I think overall, like, this isn't a good team. You know, I'm not sure how sustainable this is. Um, you know, their offensive production has been pretty good, like middle of the pack this season, but also 13th most points per game so far through three games in the NFL. And I think that can come to a hard stop pretty quickly. Right, they had a good start here. Is that sustainable for the rest of the year? I, I really don't think so. And Connor has been kind of that engine, right? That kind of has been keeping this thing alive. Uh, the thing is that he had five targets in week one, but he's had three targets total over the last two weeks, right? And that's what's going to keep him alive when he's not scoring touchdowns. He scored two touchdowns the last two weeks. Do you expect Connor to be keeping you alive with touchdowns moving forward, like on this offense? Like I don't think so. Arizona's going to San Francisco this week. They have Cincy the following week. So if I can sell Connor as a solid RB2 and get a real solid RB2 back, I'd love that. Like I talked about selling Walker, but at least on a, he's on a good offense, right? At least he's, he's a better player too. Like I'd rather sell Connor plus a little bit to get Walker. Like I'd sell Connor right now to go get Jacoby Myers. Like go make that deal. You know, if that manager needs a running back, a lot of managers do need running backs. And Jacoby Myers, you know, when they drafted Jacoby Myers, they weren't necessarily banking on him starting for him. Maybe their wide receiver was a solid. Right, but they need that running back yeah. because they lost. I don't know. They lost J.K. Dobbins, or you know, they don't have Saquon Barkley this week, or whatever the case may be. I think that's the move yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah, I, I completely agree with this one. I mean, I think keeping James Conner right now is like parking your vehicle on a steep incline and not putting the emergency brake on. You know, because like there's a chance it could just go, and your your car or James Conner's value is just going to crash at some point. You're just putting a lot of faith in it when there really shouldn't be. You talk about the offense. They have looked better than we all thought they would be, but you still look up and down the roster. And this isn't a roster that has a bunch of talent at all. It's probably going to bottom out at some point. It's too bad that they got that win against the Cowboys because, of course, that makes Dallas look bad. But you mentioned it, the pr- production that he's getting – Touchdown dependent production on an offense that isn't really that good with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. You can't rely on that. And James Conner, like you mentioned, he's looked good enough these past two weeks to make it that people aren't going to look at him and be like, well, he has no value at all because he's on a bad offense. He's had solid production every week. He looks like a reliable RB2. I think that upgrading from him definitely makes sense in this scenario. Now, we talk about James Conner. He's on a bad offense. I'm going to go to another player on a bad offense who we should be selling who is super inflated right now, is value. And that's Adam Thielen again. Now, you're probably wondering why the guy, me, that was in on Adam Thielen has him on the sell lease two weeks in a row. But Zach, he was a sell last week and he just put up 30 points with Andy Dalton at quarterback. That's exactly the problem right there. Bryce Young has started two games. 
Adam Thielen is averaging 10 points a game with him under center. He's also got just an 18% target share and a 16% air yard share in those two games. And those are flex numbers at best. We need to consider those numbers in the context of an offense that scored two touchdowns with Bryce Young under center. And one of them was that last-minute garbage time score to Thielen last week that I said, don't buy into that because this offense is not that good and it comes in garbage time when defenses really don't care if they allow points because there's two minutes left on the clock. If Andy Dalton were starting the rest of the way, I'd be tempted to take him off the sell list, you know, but the Panthers aren't going to turn their backs on the first overall pick in the draft in two games because of an ankle injury. There's no scenario where Bryce Young is benched this season because Carolina went into this season with the understanding that he's going to be the guy long-term. And if he has to play it out to get accustomed to the NFL climate, that's what they're going to do. Andy Dalton might finish a game here or there if the offense is really bad, but it's going to be young at quarterback for the majority of the time. And that means the Panthers offense is going to be pretty ugly when, until they can get it figured out. And that might not be till late in the season or even once the fantasy playoffs are around. And by then you're getting torched by Adam Thielen putting up fives and six bombs in your, in your roster because Bryce Young's at quarterback and the Panthers offense bottoms out. He's at peak value right now. Adam Thielen is, you can flip him for a much more reliable wide receiver too, or even a running back. Like you mentioned, if you need one, I think his value is good enough right now that he's not just like an add-in. He could be the main course in the trade, depending on who you're going after. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, he is like, you know, some people might look at Adam Thielen. You know, they might have had Adam Thielen on their fantasy roster in the past. You know, they have some, uh, uh, you know, some memories from like when Adam Thielen helped them out a couple of years ago. And they might view right. him as this wide receiver who is going to be getting it done all year, right? So maybe you throw in, I keep on going back to Jacoby Myers, but like trade Adam Thielen plus something for Jacoby Myers, you know, because you're kind of yeah. almost replacing the value, perceived value in that wide receiver. But then you're also giving a little bit more uh, on top of that, a little cherry on top, you know, whoever that is. Maybe it's a, I, I'm going to keep using um, Isaiah Pacheco as that cherry on top because he's, because he scored <laughs> a touchdown last week. Right. Um, yeah. uh, maybe you guys haven't guessed that I do want to sell him, but, those are the guys that we're going to go into details about, guys, uh, in the buys and sells. Uh, I'm just going to list off a few guys that I have here on my list that I was considering talking about in detail. Um, and that you can kind of understand, like, oh, like Faraz is looking to buy. Faraz is looking to sell these guys uh, as well. So um, when we talked about uh, Kenneth Walker losing losing snaps and, and rushing share to Zach Charbonnet, something similar is happening to Ramondre Stevenson you know, this past week, right? Now, they were going up against the Jets. This was a tough offense. Zeke, you know, helped out there. But just just remember the trajectory, the trajectory of Zeke, where he's at in his career right now, and where Zach Charbonnet is in his career, okay? So, like, Zach Charbonnet, snaps could increase moving forward because he's this rookie that they just drafted early, and he's very good, opposed to Zeke, who's at the end of his career, with Ramondre, who's a very good running back, okay? So, this isn't necessarily the same thing. However, in week three, we did see a similar cut in production and cut in terms of opportunity, okay? So just keep that in mind. With that said, I'm not looking to sell Ramondre. I'm looking to buy him, okay? Because I don't think this is something that's going to be sustainable. The reason why I might think that, might have thought that the Seahawks situation is sustainable or gets worse for Kenneth Walker is because of this young up-and-coming running back moving into that backfield. I hope that makes sense. Right. I, I, th I think that makes sense. But with Madre Stevenson, he was also on my list of like guys that I'm thinking about maybe buying right now because you mentioned yeah. it. Like it looks like suddenly Zeke is relevant. That's what it looks like on the surface level here. But you also have to consider the context of the game, like you mentioned. I mean, 
it wasn't a high-scoring game at all. What do the Patriots have to be worried about if they're up by a touchdown even against the Jets? The Jets couldn't do anything on offense, so they were just going to run the clock out and just play exactly how they want to play the game. That's just offense, ground game. Ezekiel Elliott got more touches because of that, and the weather wasn't very good. So I'm looking at this as Ezekiel Elliott getting a lot of touches just because you you don't want to burn Ramondre Stevenson out in a game where nobody's scoring. So I'm not worried about Ramondre Stevenson. I think that he's a potential buy. His route participation went up, you know, last week, even though they didn't throw the ball a whole lot. So I don't have any, I'm not worried about Ramondre Stevenson right now. He's been underperforming, I think, this whole season compared to what we were expecting, which is good because people probably drafted him relatively high, expecting him to be their fantasy RB1 because that's what he was last season. Yep, exactly. And I think, I think he is a good buy. <laughs> These guys have had one carry inside the five yard line, and that has gone to Ramondre. Because right. he hasn't had any carries inside the five yard line just yet. Okay. And I and I think it's gonna remain Ramondre's show there. Yeah. Um all right, let's see. Who else did I have on this list? I had Jameer Gibbs as a buy. He is underperforming. Somebody that I think that is gonna be, you know, have his workload increase even with David Montgomery David Montgomery back um over the next few weeks. Okay. Uh, Bijan Robinson is somebody who underperformed last week. I would definitely throw offers out there. He has the utilization of an RB1, so try to get him. He could be a league winner, and at the end of the day, week 10, week 11, we'd probably be ranking him as a top three running back potentially, right? Brees right. Hall, you mentioned. Christian Watson, we mentioned. Jonathan Taylor, we mentioned. Chris Olave is somebody who is getting ridiculous usage, is averaging 100 yards per game over the last three games, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, okay? So grab him before he does. He is due. He is probably going to score a touchdown in this game. Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback, which means he's going to get 5,000 air yards in this game, and he's going to be airing it out. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Over the next couple of weeks, Chris Olave could blow the fuck up. All right, Alexander Madison yeah. is a surprise buy for me this week because you know why? He had a good game. People are thinking like, oh, we should sell him now. But hey, guys, listen, like he had one of the best, you know, workloads of in the entire NFL. He has one of the best jobs in the entire NFL right now on the Vikings. Okay. He, he, this was a good matchup for him. However, with the impending doom coming for him in terms of like Cam Akers coming in potentially, like I am, I am buying Alexander Madison as a hedge to think that that's not going to happen. Okay, that Cam Akers, everyone's assuming that Cam Akers is going to really work into this a ton. I think the coaches really like this guy. And I think that if they really wanted to get Madison off the field, I think they would have done a little bit of that in week three. And they didn't do any of that in week three. Okay, I understand Akers wasn't active, but we'll see. I think they're going to give Akers some opportunity. And I think that, that that share can come down a little bit. But Madison didn't do anything to lose his job in week three. And he played well. And in terms of expected fantasy points per game, a third most last week, okay, among all all running backs. And he's getting used in the passing game as well. So I think there's a chance that Madison remains their workhorse, their bell cow for the entire season. And because of the worry around Madison, his perceived value has decreased a ton since the Acres injury, since the Acres trade, I mean, and since he has um, underperformed over those first two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are definitely some people out there that are like, well, enjoy it while you can, you know, while Cam Akers isn't starting. And they're looking at Cam Akers coming in as like this doomsday operation. But like you mentioned, I think that 
his demise, Alexander Madison's demise, potential demise is like greatly exaggerated right now. Because I think so. if Cam Akers can't beat out Kyron Williams, and I don't want to take away from Kyron Williams, you know, no slight to him. He's looking good over yeah. in, in um, LA. But if he can't beat out Kyron Williams and he gets, he's a game day inactive, he's not even that good. You know, I don't think that he's going to come in and just start taking away half the workload from Alexander Madison. Like if Madison stays up there, if he's still getting the majority of the carries and Cam Akers is just like mixing in, Madison's going to be just fine because he hasn't been incredibly efficient, but he doesn't have to be when the volume is going to be there. I think that's going to be the case. I'm not worried about Alexander Madison. I think you could buy him right now. And the value might be a little bit higher because he had a solid-ish game, you know, this past week, but that's not going to be it's not going to put him out of range in terms of what it's going to be. He's probably the cheapest running back that could have a game like that and then still be cheap. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um yep. that's why I'm concerned. Remember, Cam Akers, 1.3 yards per carry in week one. Okay. Just, just keep that in mind. Um yeah, Okay. Kyron Williams, you mentioned him. Like he had an off game, but he played on every single snap for the Rams. Okay, on Monday night. Yep. Buy that. Buy that all day long. If you can. Okay. I'm buying him like uh like he's gonna be the guy all year long. Okay. So I'm buying him with the intention, with the assumption that that's gonna happen. And you don't have yeah. to give up those type of assets. We'll we'll realize that in week eight and week nine potentially. That he's the guy. Right now, there's still a little bit of ambiguity there because we saw the Dallas Henderson show. We saw the Cam Akers show. Will this turn into one of those? That story is painting a narrative that still allows Kyron Williams to be bought at this point. Okay. Um, yeah. You mentioned Michael Pittman earlier. I think Michael Pittman is also somebody that you could buy who I think hasn't reached his potential yet. Because we only saw one, like a game and a half, you know, with not even a game and a half, just like a game and a third with Michael, with Anthony Richardson. So I think he's still somebody who I'm buying because I loved what I saw uh, in week one, you know, with that, you know, with that 89%, you know, I'm going to keep going back to it, man. 89%, um, you know, catchable target rate from Anthony Richardson to Michael Pittman. I love that. I love that a lot because he's a really good wide receiver. And it looks like the, this quarterback wide receiver duo, you know, it's going to be working. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Zach, real quick to close it out. Calvin Ridley, man. Are yeah. we buying Calvin Ridley here? What are we doing here? Yes. We're, we're buying Calvin Ridley. Yeah, right? and he was one of the guys that I was considering putting on my list here. Okay. I, mean, I, I was considering it, but I wasn't going to go full on because it is a little weird what the Jaguars are doing on offense right now. They're just not playing well. And they have all these weapons. Yeah. You know, the offense is way better than it was last season because Calvin Ridley's there. But Trevor Lawrence is looking like early 2022 Trevor Lawrence, which isn't good. We expect him to take that first step, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here because they have so much talent. I mean, they have Trevor Lawrence, they are, they have um, Tank Bigsby and Travis Etienne in the backfield, and they also have Evan Ingram at tight end, two or three very good wide receivers between Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. There's too much talent here with Doug Peterson at head coach for me to say we need to get out of this offense. No, Calvin Ridley's been underproducing, but so has the entire Jaguars offense, and it goes back to that same old argument i make it's one thing if the offense continues to play well and the receiver does not but this is the entire offense that's like in a funk they just got trounced by the texans now cj strouds look good so good for them but with calvin ridley he's still getting the targets he's just dropped a couple touchdowns not to mention last week and this week the one hit him right in the hands he was interfered with of course so that's always annoying i'm not worried about calvin calvin ridley 
right now. I just think that he's had two tough games after opening with a really nice game. I think that can continue what we saw in the first week, the rest of the season. The Jaguars have been in a funk. I think they're going to get out of it. All right. I love it. I think I'm on board with you there. Um, a couple guys that I'm selling on top of the guys that I mentioned already. Raheem Moster, I think, is an obvious sell. Just be careful here because, like, don't sell him for just pennies. And I kind of feel like, you know, I'm going to, like, reach out to the Moster crowd, like, whoever has Moster in my leagues, just to see, like, you know, how cheap is he? <laughs> like, you know right. what I'm saying? Because, like, if he's too cheap, I might be buying at this point, right? Because, like, everybody and their mother is saying that to sell Raheem Mostert after this game. Also, Jeff Wilson coming back, and then, you know, you have Devon Asian doing his thing. But, like, I think Mostert's still going to be involved to a point where, like, he could be still relevant. So, like, you know, don't sell him for pennies. If you if you have to sell him for pennies, just don't sell him. Okay, I will say that. Zach Moss is the other obvious one. That one I'm willing to sell pretty easily, um, you know, yeah. with JT coming back in week five. So if you can get anything for Zach Moss, I would do that. Um, and then Tutu Outwell is the other one. Similar situation with Cooper Cup potentially coming back. We haven't seen anything with Cooper Cup in terms of like, you know, is he running routes? Like, what's going on? Like, can I get an update? Like, is he doing okay? Like, how's his family? Like, is his kids okay? Like, I haven't heard anything about Cooper Cup at all uh, lately. So like, I would hope I would have heard something like, oh, he's running routes. He's looking good. But we haven't heard anything. So it's a little bit concerning there. Hopefully we get a video soon. Um, but Tutu Atwell will likely not be super fantasy relevant. He might have his games, but it's most likely going to be Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua doing their thing when he, when Cup is back. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good call on Tutu Atwell. All these guys, you know, like you mentioned, mentioned Raheem Mostert. I think he's got a couple more games in him. Raheem Mostert does. Zach Moss, yeah. you know, I think Zach Moss is more, he's a very good sell candidate. Obviously, you want to move off him. I think people are going to be in tune to the fact that Jonathan Taylor is coming back. But Zach Moss is like your litmus test to see what you're getting with the Colts running back when they start. So you have Zach to sell Moss, him this week. You have to sell him this week because, like, you can't sell him after this week. Like, no. week, like you have to trade him to somebody who needs a running back this week to get them a win, right? Yep. So, like, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and you should do that at all costs, you know, unless you yourself need a running back, <laughs> you know, right. just for this That's week. He's not, going to be a long, <laughs> he's, he's not going to be a long-term asset, Zach Moss. He has the workload, but what I'm saying is he's the litmus test for what you're going to get with a Colts running back when he does come in. So we said Zach Moss coming in was better than any other running back that he was replacing. Deion Jackson and um, what's his name? Evan Hall went on IR. Neither of them looked that good. Now Jonathan Taylor, we know he's a step up over Zach Moss, and we've seen the workload Zach Moss is getting. That's going to go to Jonathan Taylor. Could Zach Moss mix in every once in a while? Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy. I think 25-plus touches every game is what you're looking for from Jonathan Taylor. If he's going to play the Colts, like, you need to get off Zach Moss right now, like you mentioned. It is, like, urgent. You need to move him unless you're in a bad situation yourself. But he's not going to have much value yeah. outside this next week. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk about this Thursday night football matchup real quick, guys. We got the Lions and Packers. Like I mentioned earlier, David Montgomery, Christian Watson, uh, Aaron Jones also uh, might play in this game. It's looking likely for all these guys. Um, keep monitoring that, okay? Uh, Watson and Aaron Jones will be in my lineup if they play. David Montgomery, probably a back-end RB2 this week. Um, I think Watson will probably play him as a high-end wide receiver three. Aaron Jones is a high-end wide receiver. I'm sorry, running back two. I think Jordan Love is a top 10 quarterback play this week. He's been getting it done. QB4 on the year. Hasn't had one bad fantasy day. Okay, so throw him in your lineup this week. Uh, golf, also a potential streamer in this matchup. Decent, you know, decent option, decent matchup this week. Um, fantasy Life's Game Hub is showing this one at 45 and a half. 
point total with the Lions favored by one and a half. So they're expecting Vegas is expecting a close game here. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I think, you know, top 18 running back play if Montgomery's back, maybe like a top 15 play if for top 12 play if uh, Montgomery's out. Uh, he should be in lineups, though. We talked about being patient with him already. I think Romeo Dubs is a solid flex play if Watson's out. I think Romeo Dubs is a solid flex. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, if Watson plays now, if if he's out, I think Jaden Reed is a decent what the heck flex play. If Watson's in, like it's a little bit tougher to play him, but you know you never know. He could have his games, um, so I wouldn't necessarily drop him or anything like that because he is a good wide receiver. Uh, Luke Musgrave, top ten tight end play for me this week. Uh, the Lions have given up the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Um, the rookie tight end on the other side of the ball, Sam Laporta, you mentioned him earlier, also one of the best tight end plays out there as of right now, viewing him as an every week starter. Okay. Uh, no tight end has had more receptions than Laporta through the first three games of their career. So there's that. Okay. Put him in your lineups. Now, if you want some action on this game, go check out Underdog Fantasy. They have a bunch of pickums available to choose from. You choose higher or lower on stat lines for a bunch of players in these games, and then you stack them up into one entry. Uh, you can 20x your entry amount. Okay. So let's say you throw in five picks into your entry, you put in $10. You can turn that $10 into $200 in one night, okay? So right now, new users get a free Jared Goff pick uh, on Thursday night. All he needs to do is get one yard in any way possible, passing, rushing, whatever, um, and you have one of your picks taken care of just like that. So instead of getting those five picks right, you just need to add him in there and then get, you know worry about the other four picks that you have. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be five picks. Like You can even choose to put in three or four. You know, to increase your odds of winning, but the multiplier just isn't 20x. It'll go down just a little bit. So not only that, you're going to get your first deposit doubled up to $500 for a limited time. Just use code UPPERHAND to get all of those perks. Go to underdogfantasy.com or just download the Underdog Fantasy app. Uh, you can search for it or you can find the link in the description of this show. Um, that's UPPERHAND, uh, underdogfantasy.com. Use code UPPERHAND. Okay, so the couple picks I like this week, Sam Laporta, over four receptions. We just talked about him setting records right in the reception category. Luke Musgrave, yeah. I like him to go over 36 and a half receiving yards, right? He's getting the air yards. Detroit has also allowed the most receiving yards to tight ends. So I think those seem pretty solid uh, to me. Um, so maybe like Laporta, Musgrave, and then the golf free pick to 6x my money. I like that as like a nice, relatively safe play, right? Uh, of course, you can add in Amon Ra's stat line in there. Uh, you know Jared Goff's if you want to choose another Jared Goff stat line Jordan Love stat line etc so again use code upper hand when you sign up any other thoughts on this game Zach uh, after my spiel I think you just about covered it that's how I'm I'm looking <laughs> at it I think Christian I think Christian Watson's a really good play this week I'm really optimistic for what he can do coming in this offense like I said uh, Jordan Love hasn't been dialed into any receiver really just yet he's kind of been on Jaden Reed one week and he's on Romeo Dobbs another week. I, I think that Christian Watson can come in and be like his lean on guy, the go-to guy in this offense, because we know the type of talent he was, the production that he was putting up last season. And Jordan Love, like I mentioned, looks better than I think any of us could have imagined. Like, have you seen some of the like all 22 angles of these passes he's putting out? Like I saw nice, somebody man. somebody tweeted out and they said like they literally carbon copied Aaron Rodgers. But I, I don't think we're going that Love far. It. But some of the arm angles that he's putting in, like they're really good. So Jordan Love has I mean, looked really good. I think he's been sitting behind the guy, so he's gonna he's going to like you know have some of the tendencies for sure. You know he right. learned a couple things here and there over the last couple of years for sure. Yeah. So Christian Watson, I think he can be the guy that he leans on, and we know 
Aaron Rodgers like leaning on somebody. His name is Devontae Adams. If he's going to continue that trend of, you know, picking up on things that Aaron Rodgers used to do, I think Christian Watson has the best chance of doing that because he's the most talented receiver in this room right now. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back tomorrow talking matchups going into week four, along with any injury concerns we have to worry about. So see you then. Thanks a lot for thanks a lot for, for listening. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with us. So we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk to you. See ya.